0: Well, hey everyone, it's Candace Eisner back with you again this week. And in this week's episode, which is the first in my little series on controversial topics within health and wellness, we're going to talk about the link between the wellness community and conspiracy theories. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey friends, I hope you're all having a great week this week. As I'm recording this, it is the middle of fall here in beautiful Nova Scotia. But it's also a very, very rainy day, so if you hear a little bit of stormy sounds in the background, I apologize, but hey, we we get them big here on the East Coast. I'm sure those of you who live on the East Coast, Canada, U.S., wherever, um, get that. Get that concept, get why it's like that. But anyway, let's uh, do a little housekeeping before we get into the topic proper. So in the last episode, which thank you for listening to that, by the way, I uh, talked a little bit about where the podcast is going, uh, why I was gone for a while. And I also said that I was going to have one uh, episode on a controversial topic and then I was going to do a series of something else. Well, I decided given uh, some of the things that have been talked about online and the media, et cetera, lately, it might be good to actually cover a few controversial topics as a series. So let's dive in here. I wanted to talk to you about some controversy that's been in the media recently. So possibly you haven't seen this, especially if you're outside North America, maybe, and um, you're not uh, hearing about these topics as much as maybe we are in the North American media. Um, But it's been a very hot topic of conversation, uh, especially a few weeks ago. But even today, I'm still seeing people talk about it in many uh, wellness, massage therapy, yoga groups online, including on Facebook and on Twitter. So that topic is the link between the wellness community and COVID deniers, or more generally, conspiracy theories. Now, I'm going to give you some caveats before we go on. I know this is a hot button topic. I know this will upset some people just because the topic itself can be a bit upsetting. No matter where you are on uh, your personal beliefs about health and wellness and all that, this can be an upsetting topic. Controversial topics always are, right? Some people who I very much respect got very upset by this topic in Facebook groups. I watched them get very angry and make some angry comments. They felt that stating there is a link between the wellness community or, you know, wellness careers or massage therapy if we want to get slightly more specific. And being conspiracy theorist is defamatory or as one person actually put it, they said it was a witch hunt and it was inappropriate and the people making these links are just like ambulance chasers, those types of things. And some got really upset as they feel that massage therapy in particular, but some of you in other careers also fall into this, you're regulated health providers, at least, at least in Canada. I know in other countries, massage uh, therapists, massage providers are not health, regulated health providers, and that's fine. Um, but here in Canada, you shouldn't, they feel that you shouldn't be lumped in with the quote unquote, all that, you know, that you're beyond that, or you, that's not your sphere, but I also think this is a topic we all need to think about when it comes to our businesses, because remember, when it comes to this podcast, it always comes back to how it relates to your business. That's always what I'm going to bring it back to, right? How you're promoting yourself, how you're selling your services, whether or not you like that term, but you have to, that's just the way it works. You have to promote your services, right? Right. It's absolutely affected by what others within that same overall realm are doing. We can't simply say, oh, well, I work in healthcare; I'm not associated with all that. That's unfortunately, that's not the way it works in terms of public perception. I mean, let me give you another example about this, right? Think about how massage therapists have fought hard to distance themselves from sex workers. And this is no shade on sex workers, by the way. But massage therapy and sex work are two very different things. People still get confused by this, like the general public, because the word massage is in there, or because they think all massage is the same thing. They don't see a difference. Even though massage therapy is listed within the healthcare realm here in Canada, or at least adjacent to healthcare if you're in many other countries, they might not be healthcare providers per se, but often they work in a health setting or they work in a fitness setting and are considered sort of part of the health team. Right. And also of course that relates to specifically what type of massage you do, whether you focus on athletic massage or whether you work in a spa and your personal take on that is to work is to focus, you know, deeply on the uh, relaxation side of things, you know, that, all that uh, factors in. However, Massage is still often associated with sex work because there's also sexual massage and we all just need to acknowledge that and we know it is an issue, right? So yes, if people are hearing about wellness providers who are promoting woo and conspiracies and things that have absolutely no basis in reality, it's just like somebody's pet theory or whatever, and they view your work as being in that same sphere, is that same overall category, it can and will affect you. So this is why I think we need to take a step back and consider this rationally, even if we're frustrated by it, or even if we think, well, that's not me. You know, I know a popular thing these days is to say, well, say in your lane, that's fine. You know, I don't think people should be uh, going out and giving big opinions on something that they have no credentials to, uh, or, you know, no uh, right to be giving an opinion on. But on the other hand, no one can ever stay completely in their lane, so to speak, because it's all integrated. (laughs) So even if you're trying to just keep your head down and see your clients and not worry about what's going on in the rest of the world of wellness, and you quote unquote want to stay in your lane, unfortunately, unless you have a very full practice with solid clients and you don't need to worry about the promotional aspects of it and you maybe you get some questions from long-term clients about some of these things but other than that you don't need to worry about finding new clients then you can say yeah I'm just going to keep my head down I'm just going to stay where I am and I'm not going to worry about all this but any of you who are trying to grow a practice which is the vast majority of you listening to this podcast you do need to think about these things even if it's just giving some consideration to who you associate with or how you promote yourself, what wordings you use, that types of things. Now, that said, let's give a second caveat before I keep going, and then I'm going to get into the topic proper, I promise. So your personal choices regarding healthcare and vaccines and all that, they're exactly that, personal choices. I am not here to tell you X, Y, Z, A, B, C. I am not here to tell you you should only see these doctors and blah, blah, blah. My friends and family well know my opinions on these things, but my work is not to make you think exactly like I do. That's not what this podcast is for. That's not what my services are for. So there's this quote I really like from Dennis Morton at Peloton. Um, He says this during some of his classes, sometimes at the beginning, sometimes it's in the middle, but it's something that I've kind of taken to heart and it's become sort of part of how I run my business. It is, I make suggestions you make decisions. So that applies here too. I am not telling you what to do. Nobody can tell you what to do, right? You're an adult. You make your own decisions. I'm just giving you food for thought. You make the final call on what you want to do. I hope that's all clear. Okay, let's go and talk about this topic. So back in October, so it was literally just a few weeks ago, the CBC here in Canada did a podcast episode where they interviewed Matthew Ruminski from the Conspirituality podcast or his Conspirituality work. They talked about how wellness culture is linked to a higher incidence in belief in conspiracy theories and also being a COVID denier. And also sometimes that also means that they're a anti-vaxxer. Not always. Sometimes they're just vaccine hesitant, but often there is a link between the conspiracy theorists and the COVID deniers. So the big takeaway for me from this information was what makes you visible or popular in wellness culture, in wellness providers, is charisma. It isn't how effective your treatments are. It is isn't how many courses you've taken or your credentials. Now, before you kind of immediately email me and say, Candace, you're full of poop and blah, 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 hear me out, okay? Because I think Matthew had a very good point to make on this. It's something I've noticed myself. It's something that's not just in the wellness industry. I mean, think about politicians, how charismatic often they are, and that's often why they get into office, right? So being charismatic is the biggest factor for the big names in health and wellness. That's the important part. It's the big names. It's the people that are making lots of money. Lots of money can be relative, right? It could be simply the most popular therapist in your particular town. But they also happen to be really good at making uh, Instagram reels. And they're very charismatic. They're a good speaker. They've been to wellness shows. They give talks. They go on TV sometimes, like whatever it might be for them. But they have that charisma. They have that special something, you know? And so people are interested in hearing what they have to say, regardless of what it is. There's something about them. So that is how they make money. And for a lot of stuff in wellness, you can't prove your method is effective, right? You can't prove in a lot of cases that massage therapy works as an example, but there's a lot of other things within wellness as well. We don't have like scientific papers that prove it works. And if you're a massage therapist and you've, you've really dug into this, you know that to be true. A lot of things that we believe in massage therapy as being scientifically backed aren't actually scientifically backed, or there was like one very fuzzy paper that kind of sort of shows that it is effective. Now, whether or not you use these things within wellness, massage therapy, essential oils, yoga, meditation, et cetera, there's many, many, many things. That's a whole other thing. But when it comes to actually proving that whatever it is you're selling, whatever these charismatic people are selling work, they don't have that kind of proof. So what are they using? Well, they're using testimonials and anecdotes, and they're presenting them in a very charismatic way, you know? Now, quick aside, very quick aside, since I talk about marketing a lot on this podcast, testimonials are great if you're permitted to use them within your career. Like I know, again, registered massage therapists here in Canada uh, are uh, forbidden from using them in certain cases. I know that's actually under review, but in Ontario, I don't know if it's under review in other jurisdictions, but I know that it's a, a bit of a hot button topic, again, with the community because you're not allowed to actually use them in your advertising. But that aside, if you are allowed to use testimonials, they are important. It's how people know that you're not just some fly-by-night business, that you're like, you're real. People have had actual good treatments with you, et cetera, Right. So I'm not, we're not talking here about just like having a testimonial tab on your website or like people Googling you and finding testimonials on Google. I'm talking about the people who kind of beef them up and use them in a dishonest way. And that's what a lot of these highly charismatic health figures, if you want to call them that, do. So let's talk about a specific example. And again, Matthew Ruminski gave this example on that podcast that I listened to. So yoga, the yoga industry, there's quite a few charismatic figures that can't actually prove what it is that they're saying is true. Um, Iyengar was one of them. So he used tons of anecdotes and his own beliefs to state that certain poses would affect certain organs or heal certain conditions, that kind of thing. I mean, if you've studied Iyengar yoga, you're probably aware of this, right? But there's literally no proof of it. It was just his pet theory or... Strong belief due to seeing, you know, results in students, that kind of thing. No research has ever shown that what he stated about these postures is actually the truth. So am I saying yoga is bad or anger is bad or whatever? No, of course not. You know, if it, if it works for you, fabulous. But take it for what it is. But is yoga popular? Is Iyengar yoga popular in particular? Yeah, completely. There's studios all over the world that teach that, those methods. And yeah, you know, there's many examples from the wellness world. It's not just yoga. It's not just massage. It's not just essential oils. It's, it's everywhere. And what happens is these students of these types of teachers, and again, I don't mean Iyengar now specifically. I mean, like, just the charismatic teachers, the charismatic figures within health and wellness. The students or the uh, buyers of their product, their course, whatever it is, they learn from them, they take what they say is truthful, and then they spread that info to their friends and family and other people that they meet. Oh, well, you know, I learned in yoga that this posture can heal X, Y, Z. When there's no proof of that, they just told you that because they had something to sell. Maybe they deeply believed it, but there's no actual Real proof of it. There's no science behind it. It just feels that it's effective because everybody's talking about it and everybody's supporting it. And yet you'll start to hear things like, oh, well, you know, I, I've tried it, but it's not really working for me. And then it goes on to, oh, well, you know, maybe you didn't do it at the proper way, blah, blah, blah. Right. But that's how these people sell more classes and courses and products and whatever is by having these amazing results, supposedly. It's a popular belief. And that is hard to uh, not buy into. If you are someone who's in pain or someone who uh, really needs you know, help with a certain thing, and you read that this so-and-so method of whatever it is, it doesn't have to be yoga, is going to help you because there's so many testimonials And it's presented in a very charismatic way, a beautiful website, you know, and beautiful videos and whatever else. You might buy into that, but you have to be careful about what you're buying and therefore you have to be careful about what you're selling and therefore you have to be careful about who you associate with. Now, how does this whole charismatic, you know, uh... Selling of something that doesn't necessarily actually have the truth behind it isn't actually as effective as they're trying to tell you it is. How does that link into conspiracy theories and COVID and all those things I just mentioned off the top? Well, remember that that same charisma that makes you want to buy their product or class and basically buy into their ecosystem is that same charisma that can influence you to believe whatever theory they've decided to start sharing. We've seen a lot of that in the wellness community over the last two years because they're good at making you believe them. They've got a lot of practice at it with a lot of different people. Now, let's discuss for a moment why these so-called leaders in the wellness sphere would be so quick to jump on board with conspiracy theories or COVID denial or any of that or promote treatments um, for COVID that are not based on evidence and actual you know, best practices. I'm not going to say what they are, but if you've been reading the media, you know what I'm talking about. So one notion is this idea that your health can be so called, in quotes, perfect, and we don't need interventions. I am very sure that all of you have heard that before or read that before. Maybe even you believe it yourself. But there's this idea that there's the perfect diet or the perfect way to live that is in harmony with nature and therefore does not require outside intervention like surgery or medications in order to live a long, healthy life. So let me give you a quote from another article on this topic. Again, it'll be linked in the show notes. I think I said that off the top. If I didn't, hey, everything's linked in the show notes. Uh, it's from The Guardian. Uh, and it's this quote, okay? Okay. There is this belief that if you stay true to a certain lifestyle and only ingest a particular kind of food and drink, that guards you against disease, says Carl Sesterström, if I said that wrong, my apologies, the co-author of Desperately Seeking Self-Improvement, A Year Inside the Optimization Movement. You create a strong armor around yourself by living healthily, end quote. So for those who strongly believe this idea... Vaccines are insulting because it's one method provided by the state and backed by capitalism. And so how can that be possibly in harmony with nature? And to a certain extent, I hear that. To a certain extent, I get why people would think that way. And the other issue is that these are not personalized to your body or allergies or spirituality or your uniqueness, right? And that doesn't make sense in a lot of the wellness world. So again, I already said it. I get where this line of thinking comes from. I even have some of those thoughts myself sometimes. But you need to be wary of this line of thinking. Remember, we're all still humans. We're all still the same species. So we're going to have similar needs to a certain extent, right? Yeah, there's things we need to personalize. Some people do have allergies. Some have medical conditions or disabilities, you know? Those things alter what is best for our health. I am not saying those don't exist. I'm not saying that um, if you follow a specific diet, you'll cure all your ailments. And therefore, you know, this is all bunk. Heck, I have allergies and health conditions. Who doesn't have something going on with them, right? It's just part of being human. I don't think what works for my health is going to be an exact replica for someone else's health, right? However. There are things that are fairly universal and we need to acknowledge that and stop pretending like we're all special snowflakes and nobody needs the same things, right? So as one person in a Facebook thread about this whole link between like conspiracies and wellness culture or wellness industry said, and this is, this is very paraphrased, but it's the general idea here. You can believe in natural health, you can meditate, you can be spiritual, you can use essential oils, you can do yoga, all of those things. And you can follow science, you can get vaccinated, you can use medication when you need it. You can go see your doctor and actually, you know, listen to what they have to say. So that's the crux of it for those who travel that line between wellness culture, and that's in quotes, you know, as it has been through this whole episode, and like healthcare, because they are not necessarily at two ends of the spectrum. There are actually a lot of interwoven things between them. But RMTs usually fall somewhere in the middle between like, you know, obviously the very far end wellness, uh, you know, so-called gurus who are very charismatic and trying to sell you something that doesn't really work. And like the very, very strict, scientific, old school doctor, bad bedside manner, (laughs) you know, these are two very far ends of the spectrum. RMTs are usually somewhere in the middle. Some lean more towards the health and wellness culture. And again, not the far end, but more like the near end where, you know, some meditation and yoga and essential oils and stuff like that. And some are more, way more in the healthcare sphere, right? Maybe they work in a hospital or maybe they work in a physiotherapy office and there's a lot more uh, rigid scientific kind of stuff that goes on there. And neither is necessarily wrong, right? You can fall somewhere in the middle and that's okay. But again, think about the things that we're talking about in this episode in terms of like where on that um, line, it's not really a line, but where where you want to fall. So let's talk about another quote from that Guardian article, and that's this. Healthcare professionals must be able to gain, assess, and apply and integrate new knowledge and have the ability to adapt to changing circumstances throughout their professional life. Healthcare delivered in ignorance of available research evidence misses important opportunities to benefit patients and may cause significant harm. And there was a figure that goes with that, which you can read yourself if you like. Providing evidence-based care is recognized as a skill for healthcare workers from diverse professions and cultures, end quote. So that's the thing. No matter what you personally believe, you have to often put that aside and look at things more objectively. You have to be able to read and understand research. You have to be able to be critical of anything you read, no matter who wrote it. Some wellness expert or guru, a scientist, a doctor, whoever, you know. Just because they have MD after their name doesn't make them an instant expert. But similarly, just because they've been teaching yoga for 30 years and have a deep following doesn't make them the perfect expert either. You have to be able to be critical of anything you read or hear. But you need that solid background to be able to do that. So many people read published scientific articles and they make completely wrong conclusions about what they've read because they simply just don't understand it. And that could be on the positive side or the negative side, by the way, or at least positive and negative in terms of how the media perceive it, right? You can read published data and conclude that the study was 100% correct and you're, you know, super excited to hear it and it supports something that you were doing or whatever. But then meanwhile, there are major issues with it, such as how they collected the data or how long they did it or what their sample size was, whatever, or uh, who funded the study, That can be a problem. Or you can read something and write it off as bunk. They're just trying to profit. It's all capitalism, whatever. And meanwhile, the study or the, you know, uh, research was very well done with no major biases or financial gains by the people who conducted it. So that's important. You know, you have to develop those skills to be able to read things and assess them very critically and honestly looking through the least subjective lens as you can. It's difficult because we're humans. Of course, there's going to be subjectivity in things. But the more you can say to yourself, okay, try to look at this from the complete outside, what's really going on here, the better you will be. And when you don't have the knowledge to assess things, understanding how to spot a reputable source versus a non-reputable one, that can be a problem. Because here's a hint, reputable sources are not based on social media following or charisma, even though a lot of us these, this day and age tend to think that way. So let's get back on this topic of um, getting vaccinated, even if you also strongly believe in natural health, that quote I gave a little while ago from that Facebook group I was reading. So this brings up another issue within the wellness community right now, the idea that one vaccine can so-called fix the pandemic. And it's a threat because it goes against the very thing that a lot of people are selling or practicing or promoting. Maybe you aren't, especially if you're a massage therapist, you're probably not practicing or promoting one specific like methodology. You probably use a bunch of things in your toolbox. But a lot of people in the wellness world, they are promoting like one specific thing. And for a lot of them, vaccines kind of go against that. If the pandemic is revealing that what they are promoting may not actually be all it's cracked up to be, wouldn't they want to protect themselves? We all want to think we would act with integrity. I get it. Nobody wants to be told that they're a shyster or whatever. But these things are messy. It's not black and white. If the career you were in was suddenly revealed to not be the amazing thing you thought it was, would you immediately leave it? Be honest. Would you say, oh crap? that was wrong, time to change? Or would you have a hard time? Would you want to fight to keep your business going? Would you want to fight to keep your clients coming in? Having your livelihood attacked is really hard for the vast majority of people. Even people who say they have kind of um, removed themselves from that, they don't care so much about career, even those people, it's, it's hard when the very thing that you've been doing for years to make your, make your income, and maybe you're making a very good income, is suddenly under attack. But as well on this thread, often in the wellness world, we hear this statement that Western medicine is all bad. Science is not good. It is, you know, uh, just trying to sell one methodology, and we need to go back to the ancient ways, that kind of idea. But often... When we're looking, again, at these wellness businesses, and I'm not talking specifically about yours, again, we're talking about sort of the bigger ones, the more known ones, often they're following up those statements with, oh, well, you can buy my product or buy my course or learn my methodology so you can use it with your own people, you know, uh, patients, clients, students, whoever. So you got to ask yourself, and this comes back to that whole, you need to look at things and with an objective lens as best as you can, is the person who's stating these things doing it out of public awareness or because they want to teach others, they want to make sure that the world is aware that there's a problem, or are they doing it because they have a career and income to protect? Which is it? Is it a little bit of both? Could be a little bit of both. Now, one more idea to toss out at you here before we close off. Another angle on why all this is happening within the wellness community, wellness careers has to do with social media. And you all know, you know, aside here, you all know I have mixed feelings about social media. There are positives and negatives. But as we've seen, especially over the last few years, and I think you know this if you've been actually active on social media, the more inflammatory or so-called out there you are the more attention you will often get. So for some of the people in the health and wellness sphere who fell into conspiracy theories during this very difficult time we've had the last couple of years, it was very attractive for them to start posting about this stuff because it increased their engagement. All of a sudden, they had this whole new community of people backing them up and commenting all of their posts and DMing them and stuff. Even if some of the co- comments aren't positive, even if they had like lots of people saying you're full of crap and blah, 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 like lots of fighting. Algorithms don't care about what the comments are for the most part. They just care about the number and length and, and, and of comments and like the number of likes and stuff. More comments is more exposure. More clicks is even more exposure. So you might say to yourself, does this really happen? Like are people in, you know wellness, posting about conspiracy theories or being anti-COVID or whatever, like they're really doing, you know, saying that, but they're actually not. Well, turns out, at least according to Matthew Rominski, who in that CBC interview, yeah, a lot of people were doing that. So he specifically said he interviewed people who were in like yoga and wellness about their conspiracy theory posts on social media. And honestly, many could not explain why they were doing it. Was it the attention? Maybe. Was it getting swept up in something during an extremely stressful time in the world? Which we are still in, by the way. I acknowledge that. I know for some of you, there is still a lot of anxiety and stress out there. There, there is for me. So if you're feeling that, I'm with you. But meanwhile, all this other stuff is going on too. So many of these people who were posting these things wanted to put it aside and forget about it. Many even deleted all those posts they made because they didn't want to be associated with it any longer. For some, yes, it was because there was a lot of inflammatory comments and they got uncomfortable. But many, honestly, it was just that like, they were like, oh my God, why was I posting that? And they really, truly just don't want to be associated with it anymore. If you fall into that category, maybe you do, dear listener. I hear you. You know, it's hard in the middle of an extremely stressful global crisis. I get ya. So, so, you know, and you're not alone because Matt, again, Matthew Ruminski says that he interviewed a bunch of people who did the same thing. So there is so much more we could talk about on this topic. Honestly, we could talk for hours about this topic because there's a lot to unpack. Um, but I hope I've given you some food for thought about why we need to be very careful about these things and we need to think very uh, Smartly, if I can put it that way, about how we interrelate into the health and wellness community and how we're promoting our services so that we are hopefully not being grouped into something that is false or something that is just completely untrue or something that is damaging to people. Right? Because nowhere, no matter where you fall in this whole realm of health and wellness, and no matter what your personal stance is on these issues, because you're allowed to have a personal stance, this kind of stuff does have an effect on you and your business. So, can we have a conclusion on this? Well, I guess if I was gonna give you one, here's, here's my thoughts to wrap this up. First off, I know we all wanna be successful, I know we all want to have lots of clients, and for some people, they also wanna be really known. I mean, again, I hear, I, you can tell I'm a Peloton fan. I'm quoting Jess King now. She's, it, literally, she said in an interview that like, the, one of the major reasons that she uh, started out as a Peloton instructor is because she wanted to be famous. <laughs> and I'm not saying all of you listening, that's your, that's your goal. But, uh, and also, I'm not saying that's necessarily where Jess is these days. I don't know her personally, but she said that in an interview, which I found very interesting and very honest. I appreciate that. But you know, if you want to be known, if you want to get lots of Instagram followers or like make lots of money from YouTube or whatever, like if that's something that's on your radar, okay, I don't, that's cool. Have your goals, you know, crush them. I I hope you do well, but please don't do it at the cost of your integrity. Please don't get looped into these charismatic people simply because they're charismatic and have lots of followers and you're hoping that people will start following you because you're promoting them. And my other thing to say is sometimes we cling to something because it feels safe or familiar or we don't simply uh, like change. And boy, have we all been pushed into a heck of a lot of changes over the last two years. I totally feel that. But we have to ask ourselves if the career we had previously is still the right path for us and if we're thinking critically about who and what and how we're associating with these things. So again, I hope that was food for thought for you all. I hope that was helpful in some way to get you thinking about, you know, even if you don't believe any of this stuff, how it's important to think about how uh, your business is being uh, categorized by the general public, because they do, generally speaking, think of massage as being kind of part of the wellness world. And therefore, you have to think about these things. Why, Why does this matter? Because of that. But uh, yeah, I hope this week's episode was helpful to you. And uh, I'll be back next week with a another episode in this whole controversial topic series. Until then, I hope you take care and stay safe. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next week. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me today in listening to this episode show notes are now available for podcast episodes and they contain links to helpful resources and other information just head to happylittlebiz.com that's my website and check out the podcast link i've got show notes for individual episodes in there as well as articles on other topics for building a strong health and wellness business if you just check out the rest of the site so while i've got you i'd like to mention i truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating or review on itunes if you really like this podcast So yeah, you can do that by just going to iTunes and looking up Life Beyond the Massage Table and then clicking on that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, and so I'll let you get back to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll catch you back here another time.